Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, This is your host, Cammy Nelson, as always, and today we're actually doing a solo episode. So just me talking to y'all, bestie to bestie chat, and yeah, there's not really an exact theme for this episode. I normally when I do solo episodes, it'll be like specifically on this or specifically on that, but Today's is just going to be some morning thoughts. I'm recording this at 9.27 on a Friday. I had school off today. And I don't know, my brain was just going crazy this morning with all these thoughts. And I just decided I'd share some of them, talk, give some inspiration, some motivation, recovery such, um, mental health in general, just, you know, all of it. So, you know, grab a snack, go on a walk, whatever you want to do go do that and just sit back, listen, and enjoy. Okay, so I kind of just have a list of topics here, and I don't really know what I want to start with, but I think I'm going to start with yesterday. So I want to start talking about FOMO, which if you don't know what FOMO is, it's fear of missing out. And I talked about it a little bit on our podcast that I just recorded yesterday. I don't know which episode will come out first, but my school is having a... um, like a winter assembly and it was outside of the bleachers and you know all the dance teams dance we have like a lot of dance teams and um you know all the sports teams go down and do like a game and the ASB kids run it and you know because of my eating disorder and because of some decisions I made freshman year and then because of my ACL tear junior year I haven't done anything in school I did one year of volleyball on the freshman volleyball team but I've never played a varsity sport I've never been part of a club. I didn't do ASB. And to be honest, I don't blame myself. I have other things going on in my life and I have other priorities and like this podcast and other things. But I remember yesterday I was so sad, like I wanted to leave the rally and just cry because it looks like, you know, I don't love school, but it looks like a lot of people do. And, or at least at those rallies it does. And I just kind of had to remind myself that everybody's missing out on something like everyone's having different opportunities in their lives and just because I chose to do different things than someone else chose to do doesn't mean I should feel bad about it and I'm kind of just trying to sit with the feeling that you know maybe I didn't make the most out of my high school years but there's still one year left to change that and that I've done a lot of things that I really really enjoy I have this podcast which means the absolute world to me and I've met such amazing people through it and then I also have Another little project I'm working on that I'm not going to say what it is, but um, some of you know what it is because <laughs> you're working on it with me, but there's that. And then I also have, you know, just other things going on in my life. I went to treatment and which is another kind of FOMO I got. I remember coming back from treatment. I had such intense FOMO because I missed treatment and like all my friends were hanging out at treatment together and I wasn't and I didn't go to PHP and all my friends moved on and made PHP friends and it just... You know, I think FOMO is real, and the best way to deal with it is to just focus on doing what you want to do, making things happen. So I decided I want to work on being more social, so today I am hanging out with my two best friends, and we're going walking and thrifting, and we're just going to have fun, and it's going to be awesome. And um, with that, obviously, I had some, not obviously, I guess, but I was having some anxiety about, I normally only take like, I go to the gym six days a week. Um, I don't exercise very intensely all six days. Um, some of the days I just do stuff, as I've mentioned several, several times, I tore my ACL and 
I have to do physical therapy for that. So some of the times I just go to do my physical therapy stuff. But I always take one day off and I took Tuesday off this week. So I was going to go today. But, you know, I'm not really sure if my dad's going to be able to take me and I want to go out with these friends. And so I might just skip today. And that's okay for several reasons. And I wanted to talk about that and exercise. So I, in my past, have struggled with an exercise addiction throughout freshman year at the beginning of my eating disorder. I, well, before, okay, let's go before the eating disorder. Before the eating disorder, I was somebody who loved sports. At one point, I was doing a club track team, swim team, soccer team, and I was thinking I was doing, like, dance or gymnastics. Like, I love sports. I was doing two practices a day growing up. Like, I just, sports were my life, my identity, everything. But then come freshman year, it just became really unhealthy for me, and it became, like, something I couldn't miss, something I had to do, and I felt obligated to do it, and it became something I wasn't doing to have fun. It was something I was doing to manipulate my body, and I wanted to talk about that because I know a lot of people struggle with exercise thoughts and exercise addiction, and I think it's really unfortunate because there's so much that exercise does for our bodies when it's in a healthy way, but also we don't have to move our bodies. And so I wanted to just help y'all if you're struggling with exercise addiction and just talk about my experience and how I overcame it, some of the facts that I like to use and stuff like that. So I overcame exercise addiction by going cold turkey. And I know that sounds really hard if you're struggling, but the truth was that I used to always wake up every morning and I would tell people, it feels like someone dropped a bag of bricks on my body. I, disclaimer, when I say underweight, I, n- I never talk about the BMI scale. I mean underweight for your body. Every body has a different weight. Underweight for somebody might be the healthy weight for someone else. So you could be a healthy BMI and be underweight, in my opinion. With that said, I was severely underweight and... I was exercising and exhausted and it just felt like a bag of bricks had been dropped on me every day. I hated exercising. I'd cry through it sometimes. It was not healthy. And one day, you know, it just got stripped from me. It wasn't really my choice, but I'm so thankful it happened. And I just never went back for like a year. Not quite a year, maybe like nine months. And I just, the first 21 days were hard because it was a habit and it takes 21 days to break a habit. And it was like something I wanted to do. And I had to just every day wake up and not choose to do it. And that was really difficult. I was scared. It was anxious. I had all this energy I felt like. And at the same time, it was the best decision I ever made because I was finally getting rest. I was sleeping like 17 hours a day. And that's not an exaggeration. I just laid in bed all day and ate. And I was the happiest I'd been in a while. I was able to just give in to my feelings and not force myself to go do things I didn't want to do. My body started healing. I didn't feel as much physical pain. I wasn't as lightheaded. All these amazing things happened. And I look back and I think it was really hard to do. But ultimately, I thought it was going to take a really long time to get over. Because so many people talk about it takes years to get over their exercise addiction. But I think in a way, because I went cold turkey and because I just stopped and I did nothing, I learned that really quickly that doing absolutely nothing every day wasn't going to change me or my body. And I think that that was a big help. And I think that accepting that helped me so much. And 
I don't think, you know, I would have gone back had I gotten healthy probably within two or three months. Like most people do not need to take a year to nine months off. I, however, just was not in a good place and I was getting sicker and such with my eating disorder. So I was never clear to go back and I was never healthy enough to go back until this summer. With that said, I remember some things that really helped me was accountability, like leaving my door open, moving weights and such out of my room and having, you know, not being home alone, like having act as much as I could anyways. And always having like accountability was a big thing and telling people like, do not let me exercise. Another thing was trying to make plans with friends and such so that I was doing things instead of exercising. And that felt even more fun than exercising because exercise wasn't fun at the time, but in my mind, I felt like it should be. So I would make plans with friends and I would do like little things and go thrifting and try to hang out as much as I could. I'd work on logic puzzles a lot. I wouldn't, as I said before, I slept a lot during this time because my body was healing. So that was another thing that took up a lot of time. I tried to focus more on my schoolwork, just stuff like that really helped me a lot. And then some of my favorite exercise facts. I have, this is all coming from personal experience. I'm not an expert and I'm not a professional, but I have one thing, one of my friends asked me the other day or a couple times has been, will, if I don't exercise, I'm afraid it's going to change my body and I never want to scare them. But yeah, when I stopped exercising, it didn't change my body and at all. Like it did not change my body in the slightest. In fact, I continued to get smaller and sicker because one component isn't going to change your body. What did end up changing my body? Yes, I did eventually gain weight and I'm so happy and so proud and so talk so much about it. I gained, you know, 50 plus pounds and in a pretty short amount of time and I've never been healthier, healthier. (laughs) I've never been happier and I've never loved my body more. I've never felt more confident in my clothes. And I see so clearly now a body that I used to think was on the brink of normal, maybe a little bit on the smaller side. No, that's not what it was. It was unhealthy. It was sickly. It was depressing. And I just see so much clearer now. And like, I know when I say 50 pounds sounds like a lot to some people, but it really isn't like, especially when you're underweight, like it's just not. And I also like, so yeah, when I stopped exercising, it didn't change my body, but my body needed the change. Like I needed to do more than just stop exercising because I needed my body to change. And so when people say stuff like, I don't want to stop exercising because I'll gain weight, What I want to tell them is, A, you won't gain weight if you stop exercising. That's true. But B, if you think that, you probably need to gain weight. If you're using behaviors to maintain a weight, if you're counting your calories, if you're exercising, if you're not eating enough, if you're not listening to when you're hungry, if every time you're craving a milkshake, you have a banana instead, you know, if you only eat certain kinds of foods and that's the only way that you can maintain a weight, then you're underweight. If you let go of all those rules, every rule, and you maintain that weight, then yes, that's your right weight. If you don't have a period, you're underweight or you're exercising. There could be other reasons. Scratch that. You could be underweight. You know, there's signs. If your vitals aren't well, you could be underweight. There's so many things. And so what I really want to tell people is, but it's not, I had this fear that I was like, I want to gain weight but I have to exercise while I'm gaining weight. So I gain muscle and not fat. And one thing that I've learned through so many, you know, dietitian appointments and doctor appointments, 
you're going to gain a little bit of fat and a little bit of muscle, whether you're exercising a ton and lifting a ton or whether you're just sitting in bed and eating cookies. If you gain five pounds, it's going to be some muscle, some fat, and that composition isn't really going to change whether or not you're exercising. And I know that fact really helped me just let myself have some rest. I also know what helped me have rest was just like accepting. I had to accept that I needed rest. And this kind of goes separately. I don't associate stopping exercising with gaining weight, by the way, because I like I'm not trying to gain weight anymore. And I will go like a week without exercise. I went three months without exercising and I ate the same exact amount as I did when I was. And I didn't, you know, get any bigger or anything. I don't think. I mean, it would have been fine if I did. But I don't associate not exercising with gaining weight at all, even if you're exercising a ton. Um, I'm just kind of trying to transition into the next topic, which I want to talk about, which was you probably need to gain weight if is what I wrote. And I have some things on my phone, actually, that I'd written about. I think I'm going to make an Instagram post on my recovery account. Cami recovers with like three S's if you don't already follow that. But yes, not everyone in recovery needs to gain weight, but a lot do. If taking a week off exercise would cause you to gain weight... P.S. It wouldn't. But if it did, that means you're underweight. If challenging a milkshake will make you gain weight, which it won't, but if somehow it did, you're underweight. If you gain weight breaking any and all of your eating disorder rules, you're supposed to gain weight. You're not at a healthy weight. You're not where your body wants to be. I'm scared to stop. I think I'll change my body. I'm scared to eat this. I think I'll change my body. Spoiler alert. If it means that your body needs, and if it does, it means that your body needs to change. And I think that's really scary to admit. And I think that's really hard to admit, especially because one of the main side effects of being underweight is thinking that you're not, especially when we have stupid BS systems like BMI that are totally out of whack. So many people are underweight and will be considered a healthy BMI. And I think it's just important to know, you know, or I would compare myself and think, Well, if I'm underweight, then so is she because she's smaller than me. Well, she's not you. So she doesn't matter, right? She's not you. She doesn't matter what you you eat isn't going to affect her. Like, you need to be for you. When I started gaining weight, at first it was really hard. And then it got harder. And then it got even freaking harder. And it was suffocating. And it was hard. And I cried. And I wanted to self-harm. And I wanted to restrict. But I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And about at month six, after gaining weight, I started to have better body image than I did before I gained weight. And then I would have a bad body image day, but then I'd have a good body image day. And then maybe I'd have a bad one, but then three good body image days. And now it's like I have a lot of good body image days. And I'm currently, for those of you who haven't really talked to, I am gaining weight. You know, I started lifting, I'm eating more. I just, you know... I don't weigh myself, obviously, so I have no clue if I'm actually gaining weight. But just based on how my clothes are fitting, I can tell that, you know, I'm outgrowing some of my clothes. And so I'm assuming I'm gaining weight. And that's okay. I I really couldn't care less. I'm actually kind of excited about it, to be honest. And it's because last time I gained weight, it helped me so much. And not just with the things that are obvious. It didn't just give me freedom. It didn't just give me the ability to enjoy exercise. It didn't just give me food freedom. It didn't just keep me out of treatment. It actually made me like the way I looked better. And that shocked me. But it did. 
Because when you're at a natural place, when you're doing, you feel more confident when you know that you're who you're supposed to be when you're yourself and you're yourself when you're your natural body weight. You can't be yourself when you're trying to manipulate your body weight. And so you're not going to be as confident because it's not you. You can't be confident in someone who you aren't. And I think that really shocked me, but I know it takes so long. And I think I was lucky that I started feeling better body image, you know, six months in because I think some people talk about it takes years and it might take a year. You might have a year of really awful body image, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, even during that year, once your weight restored, you're going to have so much freedom. You're going to be breaking all these rules and you're going to have fun and you're going to have social life again. And I could just never express how much I think recovery is amazing and how supportive I am of gaining weight. And that was kind of just the end of that thought. But I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about body image. As I mentioned, I am gaining weight and I have had some, you know, at first my natural reaction to like seeing myself in the gym and because there's mirrors everywhere and, you know, seeing myself in my clothes and fitting my clothes differently was like, oh my gosh, like stop exercising or stop eating this much or you're going to gain weight. And I was like, you know what? I loved gaining weight last time. Gaining weight was awesome. It sucks while you're doing it, but if I'm gaining weight right now, I'm supposed to gain weight. And my body image, some things I do to kind of help is just I wear what I want. I know so many people say wear comfy clothes, avoid rose-lized jeans and tight crop tops. No, if I want to wear a low-rise jeans with crop tops, that's what I'm going to feel the most confident in, even if I'm having bad body image. I do not let my eating disorder take my right of fashion expression away from me. So I wear what I want. I wear a two-piece swimsuit, you know, and sometimes it sucks and it's hard, but at the same time, I feel confident because at least I'm expressing myself through fashion the way I want to. And I also just, I don't tell myself things like strong, not skinny, because what if I don't feel strong or skinny? You know, what if it's okay to not be strong? It's okay to not be skinny. It's okay to not be somewhere in between, you know, and I try not to tell myself stuff like that. And I also try to not compare bodies. A big thing I do is stay off social media, especially like people who are posting swimsuit pics and stuff, because you're going to want to, you know, compare yourself to those people. And that's not good for anyone. And lastly, I just try to view life as a snowflake and that diversity is gorgeous and diversity in bodies is beautiful. I wouldn't want to have the same exact body as anyone, you know? Lately, I've been struggling with, I'm like, oh, my thighs are getting better, bigger, not sorry, not bigger. (laughs) My thighs are getting bigger, but they're not getting more muscular. Like all these other people say, oh, thick thighs save lives and they have like super muscular legs. I just am getting fat in my legs and that's okay. You know, it moves and it's squishy and I have cellulite and that is okay. And just accepting that I don't want to look exactly like this person or exactly like that person and just really being happy that I look like me, I guess, it's a lot easier said than, I mean, harder said than done. Wait, no. Easier said than done. Oh my gosh. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is, you know, I used to think that when I was done with recovery, it would be like a full circle. I'd be exactly who I was before my eating disorder. But spoiler alert, I'm not. I'm a completely different person than I was before my eating disorder. I'm also a completely different person than I was during my eating disorder. You know, pre-ED Kami was naive to what the pain this world had and what food strictness looked like and all of those things. And then 
me in my eating disorder was kind of a monster. <laughs> and then me in recovery was anxious and extremely depressed and self-conscious and hyper fixated on food still. And then me after like that, you know, I'm still in recovery, but I'd say I'm also nearing like closer to being recovered. Like it's still a long, long process, but I'm definitely not like in that beginning part of recovery where it's like my, that's not the main focus of my life anymore. And I'm not the same person I was during that either. I am, there's parts of me that are different. I know things that I can't unlearn and I've been through things that I can't ungo through. You know, I never would have wanted to be an eating disorder dietitian before my eating disorder, but now I want to help people and do that. And I never would have had this podcast, but now I do and I love it. And I never would have worked on this other project I'm working on, but I'm so excited for it. I maybe wouldn't have made the friends and taken the risks that I have. I maybe wouldn't have talked to people or done things with people that you know, I would have never done that before my eating disorder because I've learned so much and it's taught me so much and I'm so thankful that I'm not the same person. And that doesn't mean I don't love my pre-eating disorder self and miss it. It just means that I'm really trying to accept who I am after. That's pretty much it for morning thoughts of Cami. I had a lot more on the list, but I wanted to keep it kind of like eating disorder, I guess, focused today. The other thoughts were more just like life focused. So If you want a part two, but like life edition, you should definitely let me know because I can make that happen. With that said, I hope you enjoy listening. I hope that you have a good day, a good week, a good life. I hope you keep rocking and rolling and I hope you enjoyed the podcast.